This episode of Homeschooling in Real Life is brought to you by K-12 Online Education. This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. Join your hosts as they dive into difficult topics that you might not find covered at your local homeschooling convention. Veteran homeschooling parents Andy and Kendra Fletcher use humor, honesty, and grace to discuss just what it looks like to homeschool in real life. Hey, birthday girl. Well, hey. Hey, you didn't know this This show's coming out, I think, a day before your birthday. It is. Yeah. So uh, how's that for a start to the show? Excellent. Thank you very much. Well, this is Fletch. And this is Kendra. And this is episode 112 of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. I love homeschooling, but I hate teaching science. This is another one of our I love butts. One of the big butts. <laughs> one of the big butts. <laughs> so uh, we've talked about others. We've talked about uh, hating to teach math. We've talked about um, spending, I hate spending time with my kids. No, that wasn't one of <laughs> Uh, I actually think it was. Or was like, it? I love I homeschooling, be, but I hate being but I have with my to be kids. With my kids all day long, or something like that. Um, so I love homeschooling, but I'm not good at yeah. teaching stuff like that. Yeah. So this is one of the series. But uh, before we get into this topic, uh, we have a little bit of fluff time for you. We have some listener feedback fluff, and we have some of our own fluff. Right. So uh, first, a shout out to Steve, Stephen. I, I don't. He, he can't hear you though, because the shower water's right. Yeah. So yeah. we we were away for our anniversary, <laughs> and we uh, we were talking with some some friends from church, and this guy launched into this story, and he said, you know, every morning when I go into the shower, and we thought, well, where is this story going? <laughs> he said, you guys talk to me, <laughs> and uh, so his wife uh, loves to play the homeschooling in real life podcast. Apparently, shout out to Morgan. Yeah. While he is in the shower, so uh, they're. Stephen and Morgan, we just want to say thanks for listening to us. <laughs> and uh, if you're listening to us in the shower... Don't drop the soap. Don't drop soap up. Get clean. <laughs> smell good. Because, you know, fresh, clean bodies are a priority in life. Um, so that's one. That's the first little fluffy Not fluff thing. Not according to our nine and eight-year-old boys. No. No. Oh, fresh, clearly... Clean Clearly not. <laughs> I got to tell you, our nine-year-old boy tonight, we were playing Dutch Blitz. If you guys have ever played the game Dutch Blitz. So the nine and the 12-year-old and I were playing this. And the nine-year-old starts singing this song. This is the most annoying song. This is the most annoying song. This Classic. is the most <laughs> Perfect, perfect <laughs> About song. About 4,000 times. So the nine and the eight-year-old were out in the backyard with me telling me that they were just going to jump in the pool instead of showers or bath tonight. Which obviously, this summer, okay. it's like a hundred and... It's two degrees, today. 108, but yeah. it's 102 right now. Yeah. That uh, <laughs> at, they could at 8 p.m. Yeah, they could do that just fine. I don't care. Yeah. So, uh, second thing in my in my um, homeschool, you'd be impressed with this one, the fluff. Okay. All right. um, do you know Chris Bales? Yes, I know Chris Bales. Yeah. What? What? How do you See? know my I friend? I knew you'd Chris be impressed. Bales. For those of you who don't know who we're talking about, she has the very popular blog, Weird Unsocialized Homeschoolers. So she writes a lot of homeschooling articles that end up online. Yeah. And one crossed my path. Okay. I just happened to catch it out of the corner of my eye. It was like, you know, ten things you're going to love about being a homeschool parent or something like that. It was one of those kind of top five, yes. you know, your four yes. best, but anyhow. So one of the things that said about being a homeschool parent that you're going to love about homeschooling is that you will continue to learn. And it reminded me about something that I haven't shared on this podcast. And that's one of the things I love to do in 
homeschooling is I or in learning is I love to learn from documentaries. Yes, you do. And so um, I was just going to encourage uh, homeschool moms and dads that if you're like me, uh, and if you have Netflix or an Amazon Prime account, uh, dig into that documentary category. So I've listened to two recently, or watched two recently, not listened. I watched uh, one on sumo wrestling. Yeah. Because it kind of came up, I'm like, I don't really know anything Maybe about sumo. sumo wrestling. And so it just, in line with what Chris not said. Not presumably because you're thinking of going into sumo wrestling. No, not at all. Not in, Especially not that I've, now that I've watched the documentary. I'm yeah. not interested at all. <laughs> but uh, it's one of those things that as a homeschooling parent, you, you want to learn more. It's like it's. And maybe whether we homeschooled or not, this would be me, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dental assistant, my number one chairside dental assistant, just calls me a nerd because she says I just like to learn True. so much weird topics. <laughs> so then the second one I read, this is way closer to my heart, was a documentary on the Eagles. So, you know, because Glenn ben. Fry, yeah, yes. Glenn Fry died in January. And uh, I so, didn't know, but okay. Yeah, so it's it's <laughs> a huge deal in my music world because yeah. I was raised kind of on the Eagles, mm-hmm. with an older brother who graduated in the mid-70s. And uh, again, if you are at all interested in a really solidly good documentary on a rock band who has spanned, you know, four decades, uh, you should give this one a listen, even if you are just remotely interested in the Eagles, because uh, they just kind of walk you through it. But here's the fun part. I, I grabbed our teenage daughters. I'm like, you have got to see how they wrote Hotel California. Because you know what? When I was growing up, I was raised by, you know, in an evangelical generation when everything was satanic. Yeah. It was just the total... Especially if you played records backwards. Yeah. 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 So just <laughs> so just like a big Satan fear back in the 80s that everything from Zeppelin to the Eagles was Satan satanic, just yeah. kind of working his way into music. So all that to say, Chris Bales, thanks. That was good. I agree. I think, you know, you have to keep learning. So yep. there's my fluff. Do you have any good. fluff? Well... Oddly, what's funny about that is I spent last night, as you know, in bed with a laptop. Yes. <laughs> Until, I don't know, way too late. Because I was actually fine-tuning the last of the planning for our homeschooled kids, our fully homeschooled kids, not our yeah. hybrid homeschoolers, but our fully homeschooled kids. And um, Fletch, in 19 years of homeschooling, I would say I spent the first 15 of those years starting to plan the next year in January. Yeah, so you're like, really, but that's you also, right? Yeah, you're, but like literally at my desk with a laptop and, you know, all these books out around me and everything in January, starting that process. Okay, it's it was July 24th. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm like pathetically behind. But we only, but, yeah, we only have a few that were doing it and you've well, done this so many times. I've done it so many times. So we're on autopilot. So it's my fifth, or I'm sorry, it's my sixth eighth grader this year. It's my yeah. sixth fourth grade or seventh fourth grader. Yeah. Six, sorry. Sixth, eighth grader, seventh, fourth grader. So yeah, there's a lot of automatic pilot or there's a lot of pulling out old documents. If I could tell you to do anything right now, homeschoolers, save all the plans you've made and everything because ah. it's done. And then I, you know, I just go back and look, Oh, what did I assign his older brother for reading when he was in fourth grade? Oh, I forgot about those books. Ah, he would love those, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, lots of automatic pilot, but I was just kind of laughing as I was placing a couple of orders at the Veritas Press site last night and yeah. <laughs> at like, you know, one in the morning. Yeah, was, so, anyway. And while you were doing that, I was watching episodes of Lost. This is like my fourth oh, rewatch of that TV show. Yeah. And I'm excited because you haven't Super seen the funny. seasons I'm watching now, so I'm just kind of talking about them in the background. Well, and then here's the other little bit of fluff before we get into our topic. Um, our daughter is going to, or she's right now, right yeah, now on right. her way 
maybe there at the San Francisco airport getting on a plane to go to Nicaragua for the week uh, with what the age? church group. She is 15 years old. Um, we sent her by herself. No, we didn't. But not. she's the only one in our family who's going with this team of, um, of folks from church. So we, we sent her on her way, but um, I had started watching Downton Abbey with her a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we stopped mid-episode so that she could get ready to go meet her her team wow, to go get on the plane. And uh, you know, it's the it's the episode in season two when Bates's wife shows up. So oh, if anybody for knows, those of you that are down Abbeyers. Yes. And so it's a cliffhanger. I mean yes. I know what happens, but that girl got on a plane not knowing what is gonna happen. Oh man, I don't know. And and in the middle of all this talk about culture and television and lost and Downton Abbey it, in a true 1970s summer, I introduced the kids to Jaws. So I can't yeah. believe you did that. Yes. So they're afraid to go to the pool out. now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the epic 1970s summer we've been having. It's yes. 70s movies. So they've already seen Star Wars, so we had to watch Jaws. Hey, we need to get on with the show. But before we get there, let's uh, spend some time talking about our new sponsor. Hey, Kendra, I am excited about this new sponsor. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. Uh, So to prepare them for college and success beyond high school, K-12 believes kids deserve an education designed for them. If you want to learn more about enrolling, head on over to k12.com slash listen. But a kid's brilliance comes in many forms. You know, some are curious, others are inventive, others are analytical, Yeah, K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school, Fletch. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to excellent colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students for grades K through 12. Visit k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com slash listen or call 855-628-9529. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? All right, so for all of our parents from the 80s, you know exactly what that song is. You know what it's from? That's, do you know what it is? Weird science, but... But it's by who? Oh, I don't know. Boingo, boingo? (laughs) Okay, but how many parents who listen to us are in, like, you know, we're 80s kids like we were. I bet there's a lot. I bet there's a lot of people from the 80s that were raised watching stupid movies with songs by Oingo Boingo. Okay, I'll give it to you. However, we are going to head into a maybe a little weightier topic than the 80s music. Yeah, so this is the... <laughs> Oingo Bingo Boingo. Yeah, this is the uh, I Love uh, Homeschooling But series. Yeah. And it's I Love Homeschooling But I Hate Teaching Science. 
Yes. Now, here's the thing. I give a workshop in all different places all over the place called Science for Moms Who Don't Like Science. And Fletch, it's well attended because there are a lot of moms who don't like science or don't like to teach it or this isn't their strength. And um, I think science is one of those daunting topics, you know, where you think... I don't, if I don't know how to teach, I mean, I can't, I can't do this. Or we get to high school and you think there's no way I can't I do. actually think this is why homeschooling is a deal killer for people in high school. This yeah. and math. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've, we've done that episode on math before. And now this one, you know, people get to it and just go, boop, white flag. Yeah. Ship done. the kids back. Yeah, yeah. And that's fine. We're going to talk about giving yourself some freedom, um, about exploring options and stuff like that. But first I want to throw out there a really great concept that grabbed me when I read an interview with Dr. Jay Weil. Do you remember? Jay Weil was on episode 104 okay. of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast where yes. we interviewed him about dads who homeschool. He was one of the two dads. That's right. And he has founded the Apologia um, curriculum for high school science. In uh, prior to that, in fact, I said this in my, my workshop I did on this recently, and somebody nodded her head, you know, like, yes, absolutely. Prior to the Apologia series of high school science textbooks, there really wasn't good high school science for the homeschool setting. So we, we owe him a lot in that as homeschoolers. Um, but anyways, I read this interview. It was in the Old Schoolhouse magazine way back in 2003. So we had been homeschooling for six years. So Okay. okay. So I have this kiddo in, in elementary school, and I'm thinking I really hate the science thing. There weren't a lot of co-op options and stuff like that back then like there are now. There's, you know, not a lot of online stuff and, and you know, nothing that was good anyway or was really brilliant. Um, so anyways, I read this article and uh, Dr. Weil, as you remember, holds a PhD in nuclear chemistry. And Fletch, I don't even really know what that means. Yeah. So again, like that's science. how much you don't love science, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but this is a sharp, sharp guy and he asserted in that article that science in the elementary school years isn't really science. So big, huge, like light bulb moment for me. Science is based on higher mathematical concepts, right? Right. So, so when you are yeah. doing like higher high school science or college science, what did you need to have? You, well, for us, we at least needed to have algebra and geometry. Right. Okay. Yeah. So then, you know, does your third grader have algebra and geometry? No, you know, so I, it was so, so I'm confused freeing. then what then are you teaching in the elementary years? Yeah. So he, you know, he just talked about how those elementary years are spent giving our kids all kinds of exposure to scientific things or exposure to nature and creation and what God has created. Now that can be anything, right? That can be astronomy, that can be botany, that can be, um, anything that the child wants to go off and study or anything you want to study physics, the physics of roller coasters, you know, (laughs) any of that kind of stuff, but it's really, um, discovering joy in knowing their creator. It's giving them the terminology that science uses. Um, You can absolutely have an elementary school student memorize the periodic table, but they don't need to understand it even, you know, or they can become familiar with what it looks like. You can put one on your kitchen table and (laughs) all of those things, but to really grasp scientific concepts or higher science, you need higher math. Okay. So it freed me up so much to realize that in elementary school, I didn't need to freak out over this. So I'm hoping that gives some freedom and, you know, takes the stress away for some of our listeners Right on, too. homeschooling in real life. Way to bring freedom 
in the first five minutes of the podcast. <laughs> well, I hope so. I really hope so. So real quickly here, I'm going to give you some ideas. Okay. okay. So first of all, unit studies. And even if you're not a unit study approach homeschooler, even if you're a classical homeschooler or a, you know, Charlotte Mason or something, unit studies are perfect for elementary school science. So you can say, hey, let's study pond life sure. because we have a pond. So we're going to study pond life all year long and we're going to check out books on tadpoles and we're going to go fish in the pond and we're going to do pH levels in the water and you know we're going to look at the dragonflies and we're going to watch how the seasons change pond life and all of that kind of thing. Do you see? Mm-hmm. So you kind of camp on one subject. you know. Um, and that seems very doable. It's super doable. Super manageable. Um, there are some other ways to go about this. Um, Dr. Weil himself actually has written and a new elementary science curriculum called In the Beginning. So if you want something, you know, like as a guide to kind of hit all these subjects in elementary years, that's a great place to start. But I'm going to tell you a little secret about that. Yes. Um, I brought this up with Dr. Weil and said, hey, thanks for writing that. I, I teach this workshop. And he said, okay, tell the moms in your workshop not to buy it. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> you know, you're trying to, you write this new curriculum. I would think you'd want to sell it. But he said, um, no, I wrote that for the homeschooling moms and dads who love science and want to dig in and really do it with their elementary school kids and really study all these concepts and nature and all this stuff. But for the person who doesn't love it, don't buy it. So interesting, huh? And yeah, I love well, that's, that. and I'm glad again, we're saying that here. Yeah, and again, he's all about freedom in that yeah. too. The other one that we have used that I have loved, and I've used it multiple times because, you know, different ages of kids, is called Considering God's Creation. Mm-hmm. Lots of little lap books and things to create and things to do, so um, that's a really fun one as well. And then the last one I'm going to throw out there is the Bright Ideas Press Christian Kids Explore Science series. Um, and so lots of different topics. There's a book on physics, one on biology, one on chemistry, one on earth and space. Um, so there's four solid years of elementary science and nature study. All right. So if you are yeah. um, driving down the road or jogging, listening to us right now, or if you're Stephen and you're in the shower yeah. and you're trying to take notes, <laughs> we'll put those in the show notes for you. We will. And then, um, you know, here's the thing about all of these curriculum, curricula, curriculi, they are created by homeschoolers. So oh, that's, that's key. That's key because um, anything that's created for a school setting doesn't really get the, you know, just the whole nature and dynamic of a homeschool setting. So it's really helpful. All right. So Kenj, um, you've been talking about this over the years at different homeschooling conventions. I'm sure you're asked this question. What if you have just the total science head kid, kind of like what we do? Yeah. Okay. So we do right now currently have a nine-year-old super STEM focused kid. Um, and so, you know, this is a great opportunity to really bless that kid and expose them to anything you can. Okay. So if you have a, a nature museum in your town, take that kid, buy them the, the year, you know, membership to go to that and just let them loose with a piece of paper and drawing and writing and taking notes and discovering or being part of the little classes or whatever it else, whatever else they offer. Yeah. Um, we did this kind of big this year. We give our kids an experience for Christmas, um, instead of gifts. And we gave him a membership to the Exploratorium in San Francisco, which meant we only went a couple of times, yeah. you know, cause it's a, it's an hour over there. Um, but that kid, I mean, I think we just, I had to drag every, him out of yeah. there. He would not go on his own. And then, <laughs> I mean, the rest of the day was, we took Bart over. So we took a train over, then we yeah. rode in a taxi cab oh my goodness. and then we got on a cable car. So it was like an wow. entire San Francisco experience, but yeah. the museum himself itself, he could not I couldn't get him from exhibit to exhibit. He just right. wanted to camp at one place forever. Yes. But if you're rural and there isn't anything close enough to do like that, um, my goodness, like Fletch was talking about the documentaries he watches, 
get on Netflix, get on Amazon Prime, get on, you know, whatever it is, Discovery Channel, find those appropriate things and watch with them and let them eat it up. Let them go to the library and check out every single book on volcanoes or every single book on whatever it is they're interested in. And if you have an internet connection, get on to Tinkercrate. Yeah. Uh, that's one that we've used in our house that we've just loved where it's pre-assembled um, little engineering projects or yes. little tinkering projects. And this same kid every single day checks the mail because it comes to him right? and, uh, and wants to get his next tinker crate so he can do the next experiment. Yeah. And that's a great thing to ask a grandparent for, for Christmas or something yes, like that. Yes. Cause it is a subscription. It comes every month. Yeah. Um, and also that'll be in the show notes as well. You know, one other quick thing I'll throw in there, maybe just grabbing them a set of binoculars yeah. or a telescope yeah. for kids that cool. just want to see nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when I take out my binoculars and go birding with the kids, uh, it, I can't get the binoculars out of everybody's hands because they just want to see everything. Yeah, that's cool. And then the other thing you've done, Fletch, that I think is really neat is you've you've created a dedicated space for that boy to tinker out in our detached garage. Right. So we've created a man space. We call it the man space, the boy space, the uh, bro cave. Bro cave. It, come, it gets a different <laughs> name every every other week, but it's a space where he can keep his. Uh, projects. Mm-hmm. I, I got him locks for some cabinets so he can lock things up that would get destroyed uh, by little brothers. Um, so that's that's something as well. You're right. And I've given him tools. I've given him a yeah, he circuitry. These... I've given him everything except for water, fire, and electricity at the same time. Yeah. Exa- I know. Because <laughs> we exactly. don't want to burn the place right. down. Right. Well, and he has created all these Rube Goldbergs on the wall of that. I mean, like that yeah. one... I mean, it's so great. Just let him fly with that. Yeah. So do you think we need a break or should we go on to junior hires really quick? Let's go to junior high really quick because it's okay. quick. Okay. Um, so junior high science, there are some really great resources that I think are well planned for the home educator. And that's why I want to throw that in there. Um, so here's the thing. That curricula that is designed for the homeschool setting is the best thing you can grab. And here's why. Um, they're going to have test answers already ready for you. They're going to have schedules. You know, this is what it looks like to do this in four days. This is what it looks like to do this in two days. Um, here's that schedule for those, those kind of settings or a homeschool, uh, setting. So lots of printables that mom can just grab and go. And for us, the God's design for science series that's published by answers in Genesis has been a great curriculum for that. So I would say jump over to the, um, answers in Genesis website, that whole series, it will cover grades one through eight, but we've used it primarily in uh, the middle school years. Those series cover life science, earth science, physical science, and chemistry. Um, and they are short lessons, but they're hands-on. And so this is the kind of thing that I will hand a seventh grader or an eighth grader and say, hey, read your thing, you know, here's your supplies, do the little experiment, come back to me with your lab notes, show me what you've done. All right, so let's take a quick break and then we'll come back. We'll talk about high school and beyond. Hey, Fletch, have you moved beyond the Maui coffee from Caroline's Coffee? Or are we still there? Uh, you know what? I finally moved beyond that bag. We, we had a bunch of uh, kids drinking. You know, the weather's hot. And I stay. I'm, I'm always up for hot coffee, even in hot weather. But I just got a bag from the Fikes. Remember Trace and Holly Fike over at Caroline's Coffee of Vida Alta Peru. And you know what that means, right? Vida Alta? Oh, yeah. The high, high life. life. Yes. <laughs> and that is really what you're getting. Uh, this is what Holly Fike has to say. Uh, the taste in this cup is sweet and milk chocolatey. Mm. It's a, a light roasted coffee, a delicious way to start your day. And they invite you to come down to Caroline's Coffee in Grass Valley, California, to not only drink a nice cup of Vida Alta Peru, 
but to also check in because they are a Pokemon gym. Really? Yeah. So there, there, there's your uh, cultural reference. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know either, but I'm sure our kids do. Um, but again, Caroline's Coffee, we want to thank them for being a sponsor of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, for supplying our coffee. Now, you need to head on over there uh, using our code, H-I-R-L, carolinescoffee.com. You'll get 10% off your order. If you have any questions as to what to order, just talk to me. You can email me or you can go to our site first. It's homeschoolingirl.com slash coffee. And thank you for sponsoring them. Christian, put yours on. Do it. Hi, this is Mighty Joe. I love homeschooling in real life. And mommy is the best. All right, Fletch, so let's jump right into high school science. Got it. Let's go. All right. So what I think intimidates us so much when we don't love science is high school science. So how do we teach a subject? Sort of like this episode we've done before on how do you teach a subject you don't like? You know, how do you teach them labs and all that kind of stuff if we don't understand it? So backing up to, to Dr. Weil, who in that same article I read way back in 2003 told us that a student must spend the majority of his or her time doing book work, not lab work. Does that surprise you? Yeah, when it comes to, to uh, lab science, yeah, sure it does. Okay. Uh, but it's, you know, I think we all think of that, like, oh, we've got to be, you know, putting things in beakers and testing things and numbering things and coming up with hypos- hypotheses. And, well, right? taking so much science in college, it just seemed like every lecture class had a lab class attached so to it. So you're talking about college. We're yeah. not there yet. So <laughs> well, we're... I mean, I think that's why I think that, though. Yeah. But here's another interesting thing in, in that I just put, I just throw this out there. In the state of California, high school Biology does not require a lab if you are not college bound. Okay? Oh, well. and I want to throw that out there because if you have students who are not going to college, or you have students who are not going to be pursuing uh, anything really scientific in college, you know, and we're just having to do that as a GE, don't sweat the labs. It's not that big of a deal, not for high school biology. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm going to throw in there real quickly a great curriculum for high school biology without a lab is called Biology 101. It's all video based, um, and there are tests and notes to be taken and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but that is actually what our son, who is at Grand Canyon University, did in high school for his biology because mm-hmm. he was not a science headed kid, and he got a B in college biology. So well, that should tell us something. Yeah, that's a non sciencey kid who still did fairly well in his college yeah. biology course without that high school lab. So um, again, I think you know I'm gonna just I'm just gonna back up right to that wisdom of a nuclear ph- a chemist, right? A PhD in nuclear chemistry, um, and say I think he knows what he's you know I think he knows he's on to something. You're not discovering anything new in high school. Right. You're going to figure out things for yourself. You're going to see things. You're going to see. But you need to know what the other scientists have discovered and what we know as fact or what we know as theory. And then you can build on that. Okay. Well, that reminds me a little bit of our nieces. Remember, you were telling me that story. Yeah. So we have a niece who got her bachelor's of science. And um, she told me that in her college chemistry course, all of their labs were online. Oh, well, see. Well, you know what? That reminds me of something. Uh, I was just listening to a podcast recently because really what you're saying is you don't actually need to physically go through it. You can just look at the models, you could. the chemical yeah. models of what it is. Yeah. And I was thinking, I, I listened to a podcast um, 
a really good one if you guys also want to listen to another one called 99% Invisible. It's a design podcast. Everything from architectural design to the design of currency, the design of flags, okay? Mm-hmm. So they were talking about a model uh, that was built in uh, Jackson, just outside of Jackson, Mississippi. It was the uh, Mississippi Basin uh, Mississippi River Basin model. And so basically they recreated the Mississippi River Basin. Everything from the Appalachians to the uh, Rocky Mountains. Now they did this on a 200-acre plot of land. Whoa. Yeah. Um, and here's some, well, some cool facts. It was built by German prisoners of war. Really? Yeah. So, you know, there's German prisoners of war. During World War II. Yeah. Did you ever yeah. think we had German prisoners of war on American soil? Know, we did. That's super interesting. So down in Mississippi, they would, they would use these prisoners and they rebuilt the whole topography of the Mississippi River Basin. And then they were able to generate uh, water through that basin and show in, in flood seasons, like, you know what? You have got to prepare the dikes in this city. Mm-hmm. Oh, up here in this area. And they were super accurate. You know, wow. they could they could increase yeah. water flow. Well, here's the deal. It's completely abandoned. You can go and tour it and walk around. And, and really, you climb up a 40-foot observational tower to even get kind of even mm-hmm. a basis for, for something that's bigger than Disneyland. Okay, that's how big this model is. Wow. But do you know why they've abandoned it? Because the computer models are 100% more accurate <laughs> than doing the actual physical hands-on. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit of an eye-opener, that yeah. you don't actually need to... Um, put a beaker and pour chemicals in. Right. If you can do the same model on a computer. Yeah. Have you seen these online chem- uh, chemistry labs? No, but I think it's a. I think it's brilliant. Well, it's really cool. Um, I've been on them, and you can you know just Google this online chemistry lab, and you can play around yourself on these little labs. But you fill the beaker, and you fill the other thing, you know, and you can you light the Bunsen burner, and you know all of those things, and it's just it's just the module. No, and I think if you're cool. trying to teach kids the concept, yeah. It's way better than than doing it in reality because so many things can go wrong yeah. in a Did chemistry you experiment. That? I yes. remember that from school. Remember, like yeah. contamination alone, you're like, right. well, I didn't get the results, so I can't. I mean, I can analyze it. So right. you're teaching me the the process. Right. It might but, work, but it might not. You know, in the if this process would be like, okay, I get it. I yeah. see how that works. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm and again, if you want to check out this uh, 99% invisible, if that if I triggered your interest, yeah. Hey, cool. again, podcast. <laughs> Yay. That's something to take your kids through to learn stuff because I'll tell you, the, the 40 minutes that I listened to that, uh, I learned more about that process than, than if I would have read it or if anybody would have taught it to me. Yeah. All right. So, and then the other thing I want to say about high school in particular, and before I name a couple more specific resources, is that the key here in high school is to keep your options open. Okay. So I know we all have this really ideal um, picture in our minds of what homeschooling is going to look like all through the ages and everything. But, you know, it goes back to that every child, every year thing, Fletch, like we reassess every single year. That is what led us when our fourth child was a very science oriented girl. Um, and she was going into high school and I said, I am not going to do her any favors. And so that's where we found that hybrid school that she goes to. And she does all of her sciences in classrooms on campus with people who love science and love to teach it. Yeah. Um, and, and then this year she'll be taking a class through the junior college. A science Can we class. get real for a second? Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people are just going to have issues with this thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, 
hybrids and charters and everything. Remember our third son, we wanted him to have a better science education than what we felt we had provided for the first two. Right. So we found a woman at our church because we trust the women at our church. Oh, I forgot about this. You know, we we hired her to be (laughs) a private biology tutor. She's a classroom biology teacher. She's a classroom biology teacher. Yeah. And we hired her and paid her privately. Right to tutor our son in biology because we were slightly worried about what the schools would teach in biology. Right. Okay, so a little bit of fear. Got a lot it? of fear. A lot of fear. Yeah. So, but we hired this woman, and we trust her because we go to church with her. Yeah, she loves Jesus. Loves Jesus. That qualifies Which her to great. teach our kids science, and yep. that was great. Yep. Uh, but like three quarters through the year, or half, we had him over for lunch, and she said, you know, um, what you're paying me to do, I do at the charter school. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two miles away from your home. Right. <laughs> Yeah. He could come here yeah. for free yeah. and be in the actual class. Yeah. And even if that were the only class he took on he campus, yeah. Yeah. you know, and then so, it was sort of like light bulb, bing, oh, Every duh. child, every year. Every child, every year. And so when, when our daughter, the fourth child, came up, we thought, that's what we're doing. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. Well, and let's, let's look at the fact here that these two kids love science. He was turned on because of her. Yes. To, to sciences. Um, and he's going into a science-related field. Um, and so is our daughter. So, yeah. you guys, that's not me. Yes. That is not me. So our, our big thing is keep your options open. Look at the junior college options. Um, our junior college has hybrid, so they do a lot of their coursework at home, and then they just go in for the lab, you know, and they come. So just look around at what all the options are. Um, so some of those options I'm going to throw out to you. I already talked about Biology 101. I want to talk a little bit more about Science Shepherd. Uh, Science Shepherd Biology is fantastic. Fletch, the labs are on a video. They're beautifully done. But here's the thing I love, love, love about Science Shepherd. There's the book, the student book. Here's a lesson you need to read. But then they give parents a synopsis of the lesson. So I do not need to know all the material. I don't even need to understand it. I don't even have to have read it. All I need to read is the synopsis, and I can turn to that kiddo and say, okay, so you were learning about the Krebs cycle today. Talk to me about what you learned. Tell me about that. And I can ask them specific questions based on the synopsis without having to have read the material or even know it. So this is a smart curriculum, just beautifully done for the homeschool setting. Okay. So that's one. Another one is I would say jump onto the teaching company. Those are the great courses. A lot of you are familiar with them. These courses are offered on CD or DVD or, you know, streaming from Ivy League schools, Stanford, Georgetown, other leading colleges and universities, and they have high school chemistry and other high school courses. Um, Khan Academy, we're going to say it again. I think we have said this before. Khan Academy has all kinds of, of, uh, science videos on subjects like chemistry and biology and physics. And I've so, taken a Khan Academy refresher course on physiology. Yeah. Me. Fantastic. You know, I know. 40 yeah. years old taking courses. Yeah. How much do you pay again for Khan Academy? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's brilliant. free because its founder believes that everybody deserves a free education. So guys, we are not, <laughs> this is not about any one curriculum. We do not represent any of these companies. These are actual things we've used in our home that have have just really done well um, in a setting with a mom who doesn't like science. So um, before we wrap up the show, I have one more question for you, and let's try and keep it short. Okay. Um, are you th- saying my answers are long? Oh, I'm just, we need to wrap things up. <laughs> okay. So the uh, parent who's out there saying, I'm so fearful of giving my kids science curriculum, mm-hmm. uh, Khan Academy or something like that, they're going to they're gonna get this worldly view of that just contradicts uh, creation. Yeah. What about that? Well, this is what I would say. 
do not ever check out any book on dinosaurs from the library then. And I'm kind of joking because literally every book you're going to get from the library on dinosaurs is going to talk about billions of years, right? Sure. I mean, that's just the way yeah. it is. So what what are you going to do about that? And I early on in all of our fear at the beginning of homeschooling, I literally would glue pages together, not from library books, but like, you know, books I would get like DK or some of those really great books that had all this, you know... Um, evolutionary stuff. And so I would glue the pages together or I would rip them out or something like that. And our older sons said we did them a disservice by not having those conversations sooner. So here we go again, Fletch. Like we say often on this podcast, have the conversation. Exactly. Talk about it out loud. Yeah. You know, it's okay. (laughs) It is. And the other thing that I tell parents when they ask me that question is don't be afraid if you're, you're very punky high schooler walks in the room one day and tells you he, be, uh, I don't know that I believe in creation because this book says, blah, 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 and they've proven it by this. Say, huh, interesting. You know what? You need to keep studying that and flesh that out more and pray about that. Don't freak out like, oh no, I've lost my kid to, you know, the atheistic scientists. You haven't. But let them discover that. Let them reconcile their faith and what they learn from science and give them a lot of tools. And if you really trust that the word of God is true. Yeah. Then the word of God is not going to come back void. void. Right. Yeah. I mean, you you can trust that God's word can stand on its own. And you can trust it to do the heavy lifting in yeah. a subject like science. So again, don't be afraid of that conversation. You had one more quote before we left? Yes. I love this quote and I love to encourage moms who don't like to teach a certain subject or don't feel they're qualified with this. This is from R.C. Sproul Jr.'s book about homeschooling called When You Rise Up. And he says, the teacher need not always be superior to the student in whatever is taught. Every major league baseball team employs at least one batting coach, but there isn't a single batting coach who is a superior hitter to the people he is coaching. If he were a better hitter than the players he teaches, he'd be the one playing. Tiger Woods has a coach who isn't a better golfer than Tiger Woods and isn't even good enough to play on the tour. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that wraps up this discussion of I love homeschooling, but I hate to teach science. Um, And I think we did a great job kind of just scratching at the surface. Yeah, you might need to rewind and re-listen because I threw a lot at you. (laughs) So from here, we are going to uh, ask you to interact with us in a couple of different ways. You can email us, info at homeschoolingirl.com. You can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl, or you can tweet to us at homeschoolirl, uh, any of those ways you want to reach out to us. Um, Before we go, there are a few things you could do for us. The first is to head on over to iTunes. We'd love for you to write a review. We read them all. And then we read them on the air. Um, but you don't even have to write the review. You can just click a couple stars. Just review us. Five stars is fine. That's fine with me if that's what you want to do. <laughs> um, the other thing you can do is you can partner with us over at uh, Patreon. It's a, a way that you can actually uh, monetarily partner with our podcast. It's patreon.com slash homeschooling IRL. We have some tricky topics coming up in the next few weeks. If we can get the right people online to do these interviews. We have, you know, it's a summer schedule and yeah. we have a 1970s schedule going on around Everybody's here. Everybody's a little busy. And we're watching a lot of Lost. <laughs> um, if we can get everybody on um, Skype that we need to get on, we have a couple tricky topics on the topic of sex. And, and there's a reason we're going down this path. We had some great feedback from a few listeners recently and we're going to answer some questions there. So, Kenji, anything you want to say before they go? Hey, thanks for listening to Homeschooling in Real Life. We love, love, love our listeners. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. 
everything on this podcast was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. For more information, or if you'd like to contact your hosts, please visit them on homeschoolingirl.com.